Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. All right. How many of you know what this thing is? Anybody? Yeah, oh yeah, you Tennesseans, y'all know what it is. Nobody in California knows what that is, let me tell you. It, this is a raccoon, possum, whatever kind of trap. You got to catch a little small varmints, right? We're talking about traps and trolls today, and we're talking about how we can be trapped by the, the evil one and how he trolls us and tries to, to get us to fall away from God. And I was thinking of traps, and I thought about this one here, because this is important, see? Even though I live right in the middle of Cookville, Tennessee, we get raccoons, possums, an occasional fox, an occasional uh, coyote, and a very occasional deer, only once and twice in 17 years. But it's amazing that all these varmints find a way into our backyard. And the raccoons, I mean, they are fierce. Yeah, I mean, have you ever fought a raccoon? You know what I'm saying? Like, you... You, been, you got a picture of that raccoon? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. That looks like the one that I went up against, I'm telling you. They are not the warm, fuzzy, friendly animals that they make you think they are, right, with the cool little little uh, bandit eyeballs, you know? So uh, we had a raccoon coming on our back deck, and it was giving us trouble. Our cats were scared. and uh, so, so I got one of these traps. I borrowed it from our friend Jeff Marquez, and and put it out there, and man, I got lucky. I caught that guy right away. He was, he was an easy catch. So I thought that meant everything was easy, right? I go out there, and this thing, he was so fit to be tied. He was, I don't know if he was rabid or just naturally that mean, but I went to get the, the trap, and it literally like flipped the whole trap sideways all at once. Yeah, you're nodding. You've had that happen, right? Okay. Nobody warned me. You know, I'm thinking this guy, I'm thinking I was going to grab this thing, throw it in the back of my van, and take off to the woods. No, it didn't happen that way. So, I finally decided that, you know, oven mitts, right? That, that would allow me to get close enough without getting my hands ripped off. And I threw a towel over the top of it, and I, I carried this thing and put them in the back of my, uh, put them in the back of my van. And off we go. I didn't think about how you get him out of the trap, Right? So I had to get this stick, and from a distance, you know, popped that thing open, he ran in the woods, and he was not a happy camper. Well, let me tell you, the devil's got a lot of traps out there for you. He's got a lot of them. We're going to talk about one today. Uh, if you got your listening guide, go ahead and pull that out. You got your Bibles? Pull those out. We're going to talk today about the trap of offense. How many of you know that our world is offended about everything today, Right? I'm just going to offend everybody today just so you feel like you're learning something, okay? So if you're a UT fan, I'll just offend you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? I'm not going to intentionally offend you. But we live in a day and time where everybody wants to get offended about whatever somebody else says. And it's a trap. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy your joy. And a lot of times he'll use this offense to get you there, Okay? Now, Jesus, he knew a lot about being trolled. You know, the idea of being trolled is you have somebody constantly following you, attacking you, 
disagreeing with you, trying to tear you down, get you discouraged, beat you down. Well, Jesus had that all the time. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that whenever he would preach, whenever he would teach, there's this group of people called the Pharisees or the Sadducees, and they're always trying to trap him. They're all, always trying to get him to break some law or something that they could uh, trump up against him, and eventually they did, and he was crucified for his faith, right? But why, why is that? Well, because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Look with me, if you would. Uh, we're gonna look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 12, we're gonna start there, then verses 22 to 29. It says, then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? Paul's there. That sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, like if you had a demon-possessed person and in your community, and all of a sudden they get healed, and you, you would think everybody would be happy, but not the ones that had the agenda, not the ones that wanted to see Christ destroyed. Verse 24, but when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you've said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I love that picture he gives. Jesus is being trolled. They're trying to trap him. And Jesus responds with truth, wisdom, and clarity. And I think you and I, we need to be set free from this trap of offense. And I think God's word will give us the wisdom we need to do so. So let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Lord, thank you so much that you give us wisdom in the Bible. It's so awesome to read how, how Jesus dealt with all this garbage and came out victorious. I pray, Lord, as we look at this today, that you'll help us to choose not to be offended. I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your words. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're watching online, just follow along. If you're here, you can pull your listening guide out. You notice that thing, man, it's got a lot of words on there. They had to put it like size negative two font to fit it all on there today. So we, we got a lot of things to look at, uh, and I want to... Man, I just think it's so important to understand this because the world is wanting to silence us in our faith. They're wanting to offend us and either to get us so angry that we respond in ugly manner or to get us to shut up and not say things that need to be said to protect our children, our friends, our community. 
And there's a middle of the road. There's a place where we can be loving and kind, but bold and truthful. And that's where Christ calls us to walk. But to do so, we've got to choose not to be offended. To do so, we've got to ignore the offense people throw at us and turn it over to God and let him be the one to to walk through that and deal with it himself. Well, the first truth I want you to see in this victory is that Jesus warns us of suffering and offense, okay? It happened to Jesus like we just read, and what he tells us is that if we do the same thing, if we follow him, we're gonna get the same treatment he got. So we shouldn't be surprised. This shouldn't be like, oh no, somebody's mad at me for following Jesus. Somebody's mad at me for carrying values that are the values of Christ. Here's what it says in John 15, 18 and 21. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I choose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. So here's what you need to know. It's not even about you. It's about where people are with God. If they're in a dark spot with God, they're gonna offend people around them. If they're in a dark spot with God and you're a follower of Christ and you're walking that out, they're gonna try to offend you. Why, is it because they they hate you? No, because they're evil people? No, they're trying to wrestle through this spiritual journey. And God says, you're either for me or against me, right? And when we try to walk that middle road, it doesn't work. And so the the hope that we have in Christ is that we can overcome offense, not because we're better than anybody else, not because we got it all figured out, but we can overcome offense because we know it's coming our way. Jesus warned us. He said, if this happened to me, it's gonna happen to you too. It's just part of it. And the sooner you and I recognize that, the sooner that when it happens, we don't have to get offended. We don't have to say, oh, well, that person is just mean, that person is just ugly, that person is just after me. No, it's just the way the world is. And we're warned about it. Jesus warns us, and we can be prepared. We can be prepared by going, look, it's part of life, and I don't have to get offended. I don't have to get all tore up about it. It's just how people might act. Now, the action is my action to help you. Action is to recognize that Satan is your enemy, not the individual. This is where we get messed up. When we get offended, then we begin to look at the other person that said what they said, responded to our social media post, whatever it is, we get offended by that, and we respond to them in anger, right? Right? We respond to them, well, yeah, that's your opinion, but you're not any smarter than dot, 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 right? We get offended at work, and instead of trying to listen and learn and and recognize that they're not the problem, we respond and we try to get back at that person. Well, we need to learn that Satan is our enemy, not an individual. And if you can get this part down, listen, this will set you free in your marriage, it'll set you free in your family, It'll set you free. Ephesians 6.12 says this, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, 
but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. People are not our enemies. They may feel like it because they're the ones that are saying ugly things about you. It may seem that way because they're the ones blogging against you. I had learned this when we first started the church. I had somebody post a blog locally just slamming everything we were doing and what who we were, and some people were upset that we offered coffee and, you know, we were making it too easy for people, and I'm like, man, I, I don't even like coffee. I just want people awake when I'm preaching. You know what I mean? It's not a real spiritual decision. If you hadn't had your coffee, please get a cup before you come in the door, you know what I'm saying? But what do you do? Do you get offended? Because sometimes the people that insult you and, and try to offend you are actually other believers, who they have something against the way you're doing things at work or the way you're doing ministry or the way that that you're walking out your faith and you can choose to get offended or you can realize they're not the enemy. You see, Satan, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy our joy. And he will poke, he will pride, he will use nice people, mean people. And it's up to us to hear what we hear and to let it sift through a filter. That filter is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people come to me and they say, Pastor, I, I think you, you missed that sermon today. I think you could have done dot, dot, dot. And I'll pray about it. I'll go, you know what? I think they're right. I could have said something a little more along that line. Sometimes my wife will come to me and go, you don't need to tell that joke in the next service, honey. That was bad. That was, that was bad. Uh, and I try to listen to her wisdom too, right? I, I choose not to be offended. And you and I, if we can choose not to be offended and realize that the person who's saying these things to us or about us is not our enemy. Satan is the enemy. Now, my wife and I figured this out in marriage. This works really good in marriage, guys, because sometimes we can get in disagreements. We don't call them fights anymore. We call them uh, holy moments of discontent, you know, because pastor, pastor and wife, we don't, they don't need to get into, this, into fights. So, but when we get into these moments where we're not seeing eye to eye, I'm the mean one. I'm just, I'm, I, I know how to go for the juggler, right? Everybody know how to go for the juggler? What do you do? You know, yeah, you know how to go for the juggler. I know how to go for the juggler. And when I start getting angry, I raise my voice. I can go for the juggler. And we start arguing. It used to be very unhealthy. And then as we've matured in our faith and our journey, we've learned that, you know what? We're not the enemy. If we're disagreeing on something, it's not because we're enemies. It's just because we don't understand where that right spot is. And so sometimes she just has to call a timeout and say, hey, baby, I'm not your enemy. And sometimes I have to call a timeout and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm not your enemy. And we stop and we pray, and it's amazing when we realize, okay, this is, why is this making us so mad? Why are we so mad about something that's so unimportant? Nine times out of ten, it's because one of us had a bad day. We've had something else happen throughout the afternoon that we're, we're still bummed about. We're bringing baggage from, from another time, another argument we had in there, and when we stop and pray about it, we realize that the enemy is just trying to tear us apart, and we're not each other's enemy. Satan is the enemy, and when you can figure that out on your social media, people that troll you, they're not the enemy. Who knows what kind of difficulty they've had in their past? Maybe something you said triggered something for them, right? They're not the enemy. They've just got an opinion, and it's different than yours. And you don't have to give them the time or day. You don't have to respond in anger and bitterness and 
you can make a choice to realize Satan wants to steal your joy, and you can choose to reject that. And so for, for you and I, we, we just have to take action. That action, recognize that Satan is the enemy, and move forward. But the second truth is that people will mock you and offend you for something. It just happens. In our culture, it happens a lot, right? A survey just came out and said 65% of Americans said that people being too easily offended is a major problem in our culture. Is it not true? I mean, it's, it's like people just want to get offended about, oh, man, you addressed me, you mispronounced my last name. I had somebody this morning, I'm going to pick on her, because she needed me to sign something that she put me down as pastor, and my last name's Taboo, right? So how would you spell it? T-A-B-O-O, makes sense, right? Well, but that's not it, it's French, so it's spelled Tybout, and she had T-A-B-O-U or something, and I was like, uh, I don't mind how you spell it, because when I call the pizza place, I say T-A-B-O-O. Because that, that way I don't have to like explain this French and people get all like, is that with one T or t-? just T-A-B-O-O is good, man. So, but I was like, if it's an official document, they want, might want it spelled right. I don't know. Uh, do you get offended? Why do we need to get offended? We need to let this roll off our backs like water off a duck's back, right? Get your good southern expression in there. Let it roll off your back like water off a duck's back. And just go away. Choose not to be offended. Offense will happen. People will say things. They'll pick on things for various reasons. Color of your skin. What nation you're from. What town you're from. What part of town you're from. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. And the, the neighborhood, it had its rough moments. And by the time I graduated, literally people... There was a radio station, WHBQ, I think it was, and they would make jokes about Frazier, where I was from. They make jokes about it, like, every day. It's like, hey, did you hear about that guy in Frazier? Dot, 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 and he'd, he'd pick on Frazier, right? And Frazier, where I was from, was the butt of all their jokes. And listen, if you're the receiving end of people's jokes and offense, you got a choice. You can get offended, or you can laugh along with it. It's really up to you. I choose not to let them get to me. I want to choose the truth. The truth is that people will offend you, but I, I can know what God says about me, and that's the action. That's what will set you free. If you don't have this one, fill this one out. Know what God says about your true identity. When you know who you are in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what other people say about you because you can call it a lie. When you know what God says about you, that's what's true. So here's some great verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. So you can be a new creation in Christ. 1 Peter 2, 9 says you're chosen people. You're chosen. God chose you. You're, you're a royal priest. Did you know that? So next time someone wants to say, oh, you're no, not good enough, why do you even go to church? You go to church? I can't believe you go to church. Hey, you know what? I'm a royal priest. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm growing. I'm growing. Um, John 1.12 tells us we're children of God. You know your dad is the king of kings and lord of lords. So if you're a guy, that makes you a prince. If you're a gal, that makes you a princess. And one day, you'll have all those blessings when we enter the kingdom of heaven. 
But for now, when the devil tries to whisper that you're good for nothing, you'll never amount to anything, you just tell him right back, I'm a child of the most high God. I'm a prince. I'm a princess. I'm a child of the king. Because that is truth. That's what God says about you. John 15, 15 says we're a friend of God. John 8, 37 says we're more than conquerors through him who's given us strength. And John 8, 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I just want to encourage you today. Know what God's word says about you. Know what he says about you because that's what matters. Doesn't matter what people post on Instagram about you. Doesn't matter what people post on Facebook about you. Doesn't matter what people whisper behind your back at the workplace. What does God say about you? Walk in that truth, and that will set you free from the trap of offense. They may still have their issues, but you don't have to carry it and let it beat you down. Now, the third truth is our response to offense glorifies Jesus the most. I have a phrase, we'll use it in a minute. What Satan means for evil, God wants to use for good. When are you the greatest testimony for God? When people are staring at you because you've been offended. They're wondering, how's he gonna respond, right? They're wondering what, here we are, everybody's giving you a hard time at work and they're putting you down because you're from the south side of the city or the north side. Listen, people are gonna talk and they're gonna say stuff. It's just the way the world is but you don't have to own it. You can choose not to own it. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Can we, can we be honest in the room right now? I'm pretty sure everybody in here has said some things about other people. When I was in California, they made fun of my accent, and they literally asked me a couple times, like, so in Tennessee, do y'all, do y'all have cable TV yet? That was 20 years ago. They, I had some people legitimately wondering if we even had cable TV yet. I had other people say, is it true that like nobody in Tennessee has shoes to wear? I'm like, what, where do you get your news? Beverly Hillbillies? You know? It's like, but listen, listen, those of you that are laughing from Tennessee, when Californians move here, what do you say? Oh, is it true you're from the land of fruits and nuts? <laughs> right? Right? Do, do you not throw those jabs? And if they're from the north, I just talked to my yesterday and said, I asked him any new friends. I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, I thought that might have been you because I saw him from behind. He said, oh, no, I ain't no Yankee. Ha, 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 right? And then you talk to somebody up north and you go up there from the south. What do they say? Same thing the Californians do. Listen, we, it's just a part of life, and we can either let it tear us apart and get upset and choose to be offended when people say something, or we can laugh it off, Right? I prefer to laugh at all. I think it's, it's a whole lot more fun. Yesterday, I went to a car show over at Life Church. And man, I, Bobby and I are good buddies. We do a lot of stuff together. I've been over there to preach. He's been over here to preach. And so I walked up. There's about 30 guys there. I know a lot of them from car shows, and, and a lot of them go to Life Church. And I walked up, and one of them goes, oh, hey, pastor, aren't you lost? You're at the wrong church. Now, I could have got offended and said, oh, I guess people from the river aren't welcome at Life Church. Right? I could, but I, I knew he was just joking with me. I said, well, I guess you didn't get the memo. Pastor Bobby's not allowed to pastor today here at Life Church because he doesn't have a muscle car like I do, so he's fired. I'm in charge now. And they all laughed, and I laughed, and we had a great time giving each other a hard time. 
Can we just choose not to be offended? It gives the enemy power over us. It gives him power to get us upset and angry and bitter. It gives him power to give us a horrible testimony in front of other people. That's what he wants. Let's look at Acts 4. Peter, Peter glorified God through this attack he had on him. Acts 4, verse 1. Peter and John are going to get attacked. They could have gotten offended. Instead, they used it as an opportunity to preach the good news. It says, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail till the morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. And this, the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, you got your Bibles open under that, that is the key, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So the action here, take what Satan means for evil and use it for good. That's what Peter and John did. They're being attacked. They're being oppressed. They're being offended. They're thrown in jail. They're being mocked. It's a hard day for Peter and John if you look at it from the the view of an individual. But Peter and John had a different view. Okay, this is my view. Okay, I'm going to, this is my, my, my view here. If I, my view, if I'm looking through the eyes of God, everything is different than when I'm looking through the eyes of man. Peter and John were looking through the eyes of God, and what others could have seen as an opportunity to be offended, hurt, wounded, angry, bitter, Peter and John they saw it as a chance to preach the gospel, as a chance to share the hope that they had, they had been given. And that's what they did. And they did so boldly that it amazed their opponents. Listen, in this day when everybody gets so easily offended and angry, when people disagree and oppose them, it will throw people off when you can disagree and not get angry. When you can discuss and love people 
that disagree with you in a way. Why? Because this world is selling the lie that in order for us to truly love one another, we have to agree on everything. Does anybody agree with their spouse on anything, everything? I shouldn't say anything, everything, right? I mean, like, like my, my wife and I, man, we are more like each other than we've ever been because we've been together 28 going on 29 years. But there are still things that she sees this way and I see that way, right? And I don't offend with every, agree with everybody and, uh, on everything. But it doesn't mean that I don't love them. I was talking to someone that uh, chooses a different understanding of sexuality, somebody who wanted me to agree with them, and I said, I, I can't agree with them. She said, well, do you love everybody? I thought you're a pastor. You have to love everybody. I said, I do love everybody. And she said, well, you don't love us. You, don't, you think what we do is sinful. I said, I do things that are sinful. I don't love it when I do those things either. It's like, why do we think those two are in conjunction? They're not. I hope that if I get drunk this weekend, crash into somebody and kill them while I'm driving, that you will be upset about that and you will call that sinful. And that you won't just go, well, we love Pastor Steve, so we're just gonna assume he meant well. No, I did something wrong. And you should call me out on that, correct? Okay, if we're out in the lobby and somebody stubs my toe with opening the door, and I turn around and cuss a blue streak at them and tell them they're worse than this and that and, and yell and scream at them in front of everybody. I hope you don't go, oh, that's just Pastor Steve. <laughs> you know, that's just the way he is. He's a good feller. He's a good feller. He loves that person, though. No, I hope you'll come alongside and say, Pastor, I, I think you need to go apologize to that person. And uh, you need to repent before the whole church because we all heard you, right? We can take what Satan means for evil, and if we respond with love, truth, boldness, okay? Peter had boldness, didn't he? Did you see what he said? There is no name under heaven by which a man may be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, my, that would have been all over them like white on rice, people. They did not profess Christ as their Savior. They did not believe he was the Messiah but Peter very boldly declared he did, right? So for followers of Christ, it doesn't mean we remain silent. That's wrong. We need to speak truth, but we do so with love and without taking offense when people disagree with us as well. So we want to take what Satan means for evil, and we want to see God use it for good. That's what he offers. That's what he wants. The last thing, last truth, is we need the power of the Holy Spirit to model God's grace. You cannot do it in your own energy or power. We had a big discussion about this at Life Group, and it was really excellent because there are several of us that we, we were all on different places when we started the conversation, and we all held some pretty strong opinions as we shared, but I was so grateful because nobody chose to get offended we all chose to keep digging in the Bible and say, well, what does it say about this? What does it say? How much of this is, is just us making a good decision and how much of that is required by the power of the Holy Spirit? And I'm just telling you, I can't live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Steve Taboo in the flesh is a messy guy, okay? 
And I always hate it when God gives me examples, but just this weekend I had an example. I was messy, and I needed the filling of the Holy Spirit. I got up on uh, Saturday morning, and I was gonna had to, had my whole day planned. Had a list of things I wanted to fix and repair, and I was gonna get all this stuff done. And I went on my first journey to fix a light, and it's the second time I've gone over there. I bought a replacement light, and it's LED, so you got to buy the right one. And got the wrong one, so I had to go back to Lowe's. Got another one, and I got the fan for the bathroom. That the fan quit working, so I take both those. I go back to the house, try to put both in. It's still the wrong light and the wrong fan. I was like, I have failed again. I was bummed. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna do something else. So got back to the house, started working on a couple other things, and I realized, I knew I was walking in the flesh. You ever get to the point where like, you, you just, you're just angst. You know what I'm saying? And I was, I was angst. My wife knew I was angst. She was trying to stay away from me. Yeah, <laughs> she's smart, she's smart that way. I was just, I was just bottled up and I was upset. And so I decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shower. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop in the bathtub and just talk to Jesus and relax. And got to the bathtub, and, uh, and I realized I need to clean the bathtub first. It's got, it's got dirty footprints from somebody coming inside. And then now, now my pride is hurt because I'm like, I'm the dad of this family. Somebody should have cleaned that bathtub. I don't want to take a bath. And so I'm mad. So I'm spraying it down, and I go out while it's, while it's uh, spraying down, and I walk by the dishwasher that I told my wife I'd replace because it went out a couple days ago when you have a family of seven, you know, dishwashers are very important, and so I was like, you know what, while that bleach spray I sprayed on it, because I hate to scrub, I just spray it, y'all do that, guys, you know what I'm saying, you just take like a gallon, just pour it all over everything and <laughs> light it on fire, and it gets all the stuff, so, so while I was waiting for that stuff to clean itself, I was like, you know what? I'll at least pull the dishwasher out. Now, I was told the day before that the problem with it was the dead pump, and that's why the, the water wouldn't pump out for three days. So, so as I opened it to try to get it out, it began to have that smell, stagnant water. You know what I'm thinking? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull this thing out while I'm waiting for that to clean. And as I pull it out, it won't come. And I started thinking, wait a minute. Since we put this dishwasher in, I laid new flooring, and we put a, a granite countertop above it, and now it just doesn't seem to fit outside of this hole, and I can't get to the legs to shrink them down, and I start trying to wiggle it and finagle it, and it wouldn't come, and that's when I just went bonkers. <laughs> I, I don't know how else, I mean, my wife's laugh, she's like, yeah, you're bonkers, huh? I was like, I can't get it. I am just, I'm just fit to be tied. And I literally grabbed the door, start shaking it, and ripped the door off. <laughs> Thankfully, it had wires connected to it, so it didn't go flying across the room. I ripped the door off, and I'm thinking, yeah, I showed you. About that time, five gallons of water went whoosh. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And the whole time, I know this is happening because I'm walking in the flesh. Because I'm trying to fix it on my own power, on my own time, and I was just mad. And I did not want this dishwasher to defeat me. <laughs> so I had to yell at my wife to come in and help and rescue me. And she comes and brings these towels, and we're soaking all this. And it stunk. Oh, the smell was bad. And she's like, 
well, baby, maybe you need to take a couple minutes and think about this. <laughs> and of course, I said, I'm fine. I'm under control. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, and literally, as I'm still trying to, I got the thing out after I broke the door off. I was able to get to the legs. I got it out. We got the stinky mopped up. I got the new one. And then I'm having trouble getting the screws to fit. I mean, I know that I pulled them out. You know what I'm saying, Dave? You pull the screw out, it should go right back in. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 it doesn't make sense, does it, guys? But when you're walking in the flesh, nothing's making sense. And that's where I was. And finally, I'm laying there trying to get the screw in for the 400th time, yelling at myself in my head. And the Holy Spirit just keeps whispering in my head. And the Holy Spirit, come to me. Come to me. Calm down. And finally, I just lay it on the side going, okay, God, I give up. I, I just wanted to think I could at least change a dishwasher by myself without the help of God but why would I be so stupid? I need him for everything. I need him for everything. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me up when I'm changing a dishwasher out, just as much as I need the Holy Spirit to fill me up so that I don't get offended when somebody trolls me on, on Facebook or whatever. Just like I need the Holy Spirit to fill me up so I don't get offended when I'm talking to somebody and they don't like my latest sermon or they don't like what I said about this or that. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me up every day, and you do too. In the flesh, it's not pretty. In the flesh, it's not going to build friendships and relationships that last a lifetime or an eternity. But in the Holy Spirit, when he is filling you up, he will give you love for those that don't love you. He will give you boldness for the truth. He will give you hope for those that are hopeless. He will give you strength to stand and stay the line when you need to hold the line. He'll give you fortitude to do what's right when you don't feel like it. But you gotta be filled up with your Holy Spirit. How do you do that? That's the last action. It says, receive God's forgiveness so that you can give God's forgiveness. You can't give to other people what you haven't received yourself. You gotta receive God's forgiveness. You gotta turn to God and say, okay, God, I can't do it on my own. I'm turning it over to you because I need you to fill me. Some of you in here today, and, and you came and you know where you're at. You're in that same place I was yesterday. You're, you're a believer in Christ. You love Jesus, but you're just... You're keeping him at arm's length on certain things. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your relationship with your kids, maybe it's your, your whatever it is. You're keeping him at arm's length going, God, you can have me on Sunday morning, just don't bug me in this area. I'm handling this one just fine. And today, you need to just confess that to God and give it over to him and let him fill you up in all areas of your life. Others of you here and you have never discovered Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus and today's your day. Today's your day to say, I want all in with Jesus. So if you would stand with me, we're going to give an invitation. The way we do it here, listen, is, is you can make a decision where you're standing right now. You can just talk to the Lord silently about whatever he's talking to you about. That's fine. But there is something powerful about coming and laying stuff at the altar. 
I love just coming and kneeling at the altar and saying, God, here it is. And maybe you need to come over here. Now, if you come to my left side, that means nobody's going to pray with you, okay? That means you're just talking to Jesus one-on-one. Maybe you're praying for somebody else you love. Maybe you're praying for yourself. But you just want to come bring something to Jesus. Over here on my right side, your left, if you come over here and kneel to pray, one of our pastors or directors or deacons or somebody will come, they'll, they'll just lay their hand on your shoulder and say, how can I pray for you? And you just say, man, I'm struggling with dot, dot, dot. And you just pray for them right then, okay? And then if you need to unpack it, let's say there's something really heavy going on in your life and you need to unpack whatever that is. Then the back room to my left is the, the prayer room. There'll be a couple back there to listen and pray with you. Whatever you're needing to unpack, five minutes, 20 minutes, they're there for that purpose. And I'll be down front. And if you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you today to say yes. Yes, I want to take that leap of faith. Yes, I want the Holy Spirit to fill me up and I want to walk with God instead of by myself. That's what God's saying to you. I'll be down front. Love to pray with you and help you make that journey. Ethan's going to lead us in the song. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.